Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Tony Katz, the morning news, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Thrilled to be with you. Bunch of stuff to talk about. So a lot of uh, people from different universities uh, talked to our politicians yesterday. Uh, the politicians asked difficult questions. The people at the universities claimed that they were doing everything they could to fight anti-Semitism on campus. And at the same time, a lot of that didn't seem to match up. And I could play a bunch of audio of the politicians asking questions and the people essentially trying to avoid and lie and, and dodge uh, that stuff. But I think something much more powerful and one of the things that went viral yesterday was a statement made by a student, uh, Bella Ingber from NYU and how she feels uh, going to school every single day. So I'm going to play a bit of, of her uh, statement that she made. Uh, she made it uh, directly to the press. And I thought, again, that this probably sums up for a large majority of the people that are saying right now, a campus is uniquely difficult for Jewish people in our country. It's just crazy to say it too, by the way. Our country is is having uh, some challenges uh, that I didn't expect us to have, uh, and I'm not exactly thrilled by it. And I'll get into why I think it's sort of uh, the the height of hypocrisy on the left to be okay with hate in some places and claim to be the side of the aisle fighting hate in other places. But here we go. Here's what uh, Bella said. Being a Jew at NYU is walking to class and passing torn and defaced posters of innocent hostages with the words occupier and murderer written across their faces. It is going to Bope's library to study and being interrupted by unauthorized protests where students and faculty call for a globalized intifada revolution, an incitement to violence against Jews everywhere, and a call for the annihilation of the Jewish state and my friends and family who live there. Being a Jew at NYU is being surrounded by students and faculty who support the murder and kidnapping of Jews because after all, as they say, resistance is justified when people are occupied. It is being surrounded by social justice warriors and self-proclaimed feminists whose calls for justice end abruptly when the rape victims are Jews. Okay, that is powerful. And that last point is exactly where I think the conversation deserves to go. So, and this is the way that I want to talk about it, and it's political in nature. And I know that a lot of this, uh, probably a lot of the young people who are creating the atmosphere uh, that Bella is saying makes her feel unsafe in school on campus, uh, probably the young people creating the atmosphere aren't doing it for just political reasons. Although I guess they overwhelmingly vote on one side of the aisle. Uh, that's my assumption. But so, so very often, Right now, you are told that the side of the aisle that is willing to hate people, uh, the side of uh, our political society uh, that's willing to prop up the, the bad people in our world are the Republicans, are the conservatives. Mainstream media says that all the time. How dare anybody be willing to vote for Trump? He's obviously terrible, and that means everybody who votes for him is terrible. And so from that standpoint, that high and mighty, that I'm better than you, a standpoint that often is taken uh, by the left, that often is believed, uh, I think, by a lot of people who vote and support the other side of the aisle. 
one of the claims they make is to be woke, is to be accepting, is to be willing to hear when someone is claiming to be a victim and say, all right, uh, we got to stop making this person a victim, except if they decide that this victim is deserving whatever uh, punishment they're getting. And surreal uh, to me, uh, the case that right now so many feel uh, that people uh, that are Jewish deserve this level of vitriol because of what's going on in the Middle East. It's it's uh, so difficult to fathom. But again, the more important point to me is how often the left does this, where they're the height of hypocrisy. Uh, you can't make uh, these comments or those comments. You can't say this thing or that thing. Uh, but free reign, if you want to crap on men or white men, uh, say whatever you want. Everything's okay. Nothing's against the rules. And again, I'm not trying to complain about that specifically in this. There's much more important stuff than that, in all honesty. But at the same time, it's one of many examples. And now uh, treating people, uh, Jewish people, uh, like crap is yet another acceptable behavior of the left because you just care a whole lot about what's going on in the Middle East. And you uh, think that a terrorist organization attacking and, and taking hostage innocent people is somehow OK. Uh, and Hamas is actually so connected or so, um, you know, focused on making sure that you believe uh, that their side of the aisle is somehow a victim uh, that they're actually refusing to release female hostages. This is something a bunch of our own uh, intelligence people told us the other day. They're refusing to release them because they don't want them in media talking about their experience of being hostages with Hamas. And the reason they're doing that is they believe they're winning the PR battle. So this this debate, this conversation, these protests and this experience of students at schools throughout the country is something that is actually creating a scenario where Hamas feels it's more intelligent to keep people hostage than to release them into the world to demonstrate how wrong so many are in essentially supporting them in the way in which they're saying that there needs to be peace in Palestine and peace in, in Gaza. Um, it's, it's something I never thought I'd see. I want to play one other thing. This is sort of relevant to what I'm talking about, and I thought it was really fascinating. Uh, this is another moment of the height of hypocrisy on the left. Uh, this is Riley Gaines in front of a few different politicians, uh, one congresswoman, uh, Congresswoman Lee, who essentially calls her a transphobic bigot. And then Riley Gaines turns that comment on her and she gets very mad about it. And I want to play just a little bit of that audio. And to me that although the title of this hearing implies a much needed discussion, we're likely going to be forced to listen to transphobic bigotry. Unsafe, unfair and discriminatory practices towards women must stop. Inclusion cannot be prioritized over safety and fairness. And ranking member Lee, if my testi testimony makes me transphobic, then I believe your opening monologue makes you a misogynist. Thank you. <laughs> I have, as the saying goes. Uh, Madam Chair, excuse me. I move to have uh, the gentlewoman's words taken down. Madam Chair, she's engaging in personalities. <laughs> Silence. Can I just ask how it's fair to be called transphobic? There's a thing. I would say men disguising themselves as women are engaging in personalities. Order. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I love how it devolved, by the way. That's a lot of different voices thrown around things. People that are testifying in front of Congress, Congress people trying to react to it. Uh, but it, it is fascinating uh, that the Congresswoman was so upset that she was called a misogynist in her stance against Riley Gaines and Riley Gaines' simple message of wanting to support women athletes in female sports and that made her so mad. I want it stricken. Remove it from the record. I can call her 
transphobic. She can't call me a misogynist. That's not fair. That's not right. Uh, but hypocrisy all over on the left. So easy to see. So very, very often. All right. Quick break. A lot more. Greg Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Tony Katz, The Morning News. 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Jonathan hanging out as they always do. Uh, A young woman's gone viral. Uh, Her name is Zoe. She's 20. She made an emotional plea to her social media followers on Instagram, begging them to stream her music because she cannot work a nine to five job. She says it would literally kill her. I have some audio of it. I'm going to play that first. And then we're going to chat about this. Here we go. I cannot do a nine to five. I know this is going to sound spoiled. I know this is going to sound like some artsy creative who, you know, just doesn't want to put in the hard work. Ah, hours. Ah, I already don't like her at all. Here we go. I physically do not think I can do it. Can't I do start it. to cry if I have more than like three non-creative oh my tasks God. to do not a day. Three. And imagining doing eight hours a day of something that I don't really love for the rest of my life. No. So there's no other option. This has to work. It has to. This is going to sound even more artsy and arrogant. But I heard this quote in a show once, and it said, uh-huh. people like us can't live normal lives. Uh-huh. If we try, it kills us. Uh-huh. And honestly, I am throwing myself into that category. Okay, I'm done. I'm already done with this. She says she will die if she has to work a nine-to-five job because she's too creative. Does anyone want to react to this before I do? Well, I hate to break it to her. If she... <laughs> It's not going to work out. It's not going to work out for one. Yeah. Secondly, right. she will also die if she works yes. a creative job for the rest yeah. of her life. Either way. That's that's true. And this uh, is well, like such yeah. a thing with people around my age. You know, she, she's I know. a little bit younger than I am. And mm-hmm. it's like every generation before us had to work nine to fives. My parents seem happy. I know right. other older people that are really happy. There's yeah. nothing wrong no. with working a nine to five. That is normal. Okay, right. Well, not- here I, I actually I actually have a question about it. I was thinking about something. I wonder if the illusion of fame is something that social media creates because she's got a few like thousand followers, not tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. Uh, her video was liked by like five thousand people. None of that's going to get you to the point where you can live off of that fan base. But I wonder if the illusion of fame is so valuable to so many on social media right now that they think they're the next big thing, and there are still so very few people that become the next big thing. But that seems to be the plan for a whole lot of young people: is just be a social media celebrity or this kind of celebrity, and and make a lot of money, be very rich, and then the rest of life is easy. I don't know. Do you think that's part of it? I think that's part of it, and I think that they just don't realize how hard it is to do that and, like, how much (laughs) work actually goes into being that. And Yeah, I I think you're exactly right. There's this idea of, like, oh, I'm going to be the next big star on, you know, TikTok Mm -hmm. or whatever. And I know with the way that Spotify works now, there's a lot of independent music artists who are really making a name for themselves. And so I think in the music world... Like, that's becoming a more enticing thing, and it's like, no, like, this is really, 
really difficult to do. Well, what's and- also what's also crazy to me, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I, I think what's funny is anytime you watch a celebrity do an interview about how they were not famous and they worked three jobs and they were like waiter or waitress at like three different locations, all while trying to be famous. A few of them, you know, got so bad in Los Angeles where they're like living out of their car and stuff. And then all of a sudden they're worth millions of dollars because some TV or movie role breaks and they become a, a household name. What's funny is the idea that so many young people would never be willing to do the hard part to get to the good part anyway, even if they have talent. They want to just immediately be famous. They don't want to put in the hard work uh, to find a way to have that, you know, luck takeoff moment. How dare anybody tell them they have to put food on the table a different way, uh, which is essentially her message, uh, which is just so, so irritating to me. Uh, and so, and my favorite is one of the comments on the video says, You've never even tried a nine to five job, question mark. Maybe try it. Maybe go out into the world and see if it's something that you can achieve. See if it's something you can do while you're waiting to become famous. Just so you know, without even guessing as to whether or not you can handle it, uh, go ahead and actually get a gig and start working it and make money that way. Well, it's that and she's making it sound like every nine to five job is you just stand in like a factory line <laughs> and you just put together random, right. you know, car parts or whatever. Yes. Like, are there some nine to fives like that? Yes, there are, but there are also sure. jobs out there where you can use your creative expressions, you know, like thinking of like marketing jobs where right. you're try- or even being like a salesperson, like there are avenues and nine to five jobs out there where you can use your, you know, creative minds to do different things. Well, like, like for example, like you could do traffic on WIBC. You could. Think of you could. Great like ways to, to to deliver that. So yes, you could, and you could uh, ring a digital bell and get a whole bunch of um, uh, donations that way to a you very could. good cause. You could. <laughs> I love that. I will say real quickly. I'm always impressed with people who work hard jobs nine to five for years and years and years. Uh, things like people who work in factories because of the mental, um, I think, strength you need for those types of gigs. I, I do think there are people. And I think that this is a a generation that just doesn't seem to exist anymore at all. I'm saying this as a millennial as well, uh, that can't handle uh, the whatever it is uh, that is required to to do that on a daily basis every day for years and years and years. Um, And it's it's weakness. Uh, There's nothing else about it. It's not can't handle because, you know, it's not something you're capable of. It's because so many younger people just don't think uh, they could, um, you know, have the mental strength to not get whatever they want whenever they want it. And so anytime I meet anyone that, you know, and actually you make a lot of money in a lot of those trade gigs uh, that people wind up loving just as much. Um, But honestly, it's something that, you know, uh, really I think uh, is admirable for a lot of people and young people just don't seem to be capable of it. Um, And I know, I know you weren't saying anything opposite than that, uh, Jonathan. Yeah, no, yeah, you're good. I, I, I think you're right. I also think that part of that image is that people who are willing to work those kinds of jobs usually aren't on social media posting a bunch no. of crazy stuff. <laughs> they're so not. I, I think those people still do exist, but there definitely yeah. aren't as many as, as there used to be. Amen. All right. Hey, Lebanon, so you know, northbound 65 to 52, Lafayette Avenue, that's exit 141. That's shut down until tomorrow. 
because of construction against northbound 65, the ramp to US 52 out of service today. Inbound 69 stop and go traffic, 116th Street to 82nd. Northbound 465 on the northwest side, slow roll from 86 to 865. And northbound 37 is time for Edgewood Avenue, up to 465. Traffic sponsored by Pierce Jewelers in Carmel. Whether you choose a mined or lab-grown diamond, let a Pierce Jewelers diamond engagement ring be that symbol that says, I love you. Remember, shop local, shop smart, shop Pierce Jewelers in Carmel. I'm Matt Bear. Donate to my digital kettle for the Salvation Army Radiothon at WIBC.com. There we go. Partly sunny, a high of 42, 35 right now in downtown Indianapolis. That temperature is brought to you by the American Standard Heating Weather Center of 93 WIBC, uh, 736 Wednesday morning. Tony Katz, the morning news, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Jonathan hanging out as they do every morning on the show. Let's play it. Let's play the clip. Let's play the thing that everybody will be talking about for the next few days. And uh, a whole lot of people on the left will be claiming that this is proof now, man, that all we're going to get is dictator Trump if he gets back into office, back into the White House. Uh, I thought something that Hannity actually said after the interview was pretty funny. Uh, when he said, you know what we'll get if Trump is back in the White House, something similar, if not maybe some ways better than what we got last time when Trump was in the White House, uh, which didn't happen to be a dictator. Uh, but anyway, here it is. Here's the moment that everybody on the left can't stop talking about. I want to go back to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you yeah. under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. <laughs> Except for? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border, and I want to drill, that's drill, not a, that's, drill. That's not, no, no. That's not retribution. I got I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, I <laughs> love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. <laughs> we're closing the border. And we're drilling, drilling, drilling. Look, he's he's saying something that doesn't make sense as far as uh, being a dictator. Uh, closing the border and drilling, drilling, drilling is stuff that he might try to do via executive order, executive action. Uh, not a dictator. Uh, that's what Hannity, I think, is trying to say. But the fact that Trump thinks it's so funny, uh, even as Hannity is trying to lead him into saying, I would never be a dictator. Uh, get it on the record. Get the audio piece out there. So the left can stop talking about this thing that they're claiming. Who cares? Doesn't matter. Uh, this is why a Trump is effective as far as a candidate goes, because people on one side of the aisle who like him will find that very funny and obviously uh, tongue in cheek and a joke. And people on the left will obsess about it and talk about him incessantly and only play a portion of the audio and he'll live rent free in their head. Uh, Trump derangement syndrome, all that stuff. Uh, that was interesting to me. Uh, Trump targeted Nikki Haley a little bit more than he usually does, uh, not because I think he sees her as more of a threat than Ron DeSanctimonious, uh, which is what he continues to call Ron DeSantis, uh, who has just been really, really disappointing as a can. I'll say that uh, you could love Trump. You could hate DeSantis. You could like DeSantis. I don't know. I'm a millennial. Uh, DeSantis is a younger candidate. For some reason, I, I still definitely uh, like him. Uh, and I think he's been incredibly effective in Florida, uh, but he's been uh, tremendously bad at trying to run for president. A lot of self-inflicted wounds, a lot of conversations about if the debate tonight is bad for him, should he hang up his campaign, which I doubt he will. 
I don't even think a lot of people will watch the debate. Uh, but anyway, Trump is now saying this about Nikki Haley. Oh, come on. No, oh, this audio is not working. All right, I'll get back to that in just a bit. Uh, but Trump is essentially saying that Nikki Haley uh, is funded by Democrats as someone that is uh, benefiting as much as anyone else from, uh, you know, the propping up on social media or the propping up in mainstream media of the anti-Trump positions or, or other things uh, to that effect. Uh, going on a little bit more, one last Trump piece of audio that I thought was interesting. He talked about the only, only global warming that he's worried about, and it's a unique take for sure. And John Kerry wants us to stop doing anything. We can't. We have a country. We have to fire up our factories. Wind is not going to fire up our factories, and it's the most expensive energy. Even solar. I like solar from a concept standpoint, but it's massively expensive. And we can't allow China to build a factory a week, and we do nothing. They build a coal plant, and they're obvious about it. And then Biden goes to see them about global warming. The only global warming we should be thinking about and worrying about because it could happen tomorrow is nuclear global warming. Yeah, from a nuclear war of some kind, as it feels like we're much closer to that now while Biden's been in office than we ever were when Trump was in office. And remember, people were saying that Trump plus uh, the presidency the last time he ran meant that we were guaranteed to get in some sort of significant conflict, significant fight. Um, I do think it's interesting uh, that you also say what many people think, that no matter what the United States does in the world of that topic, that conversation, whether you care or, or you know, think global warming's a hoax, it doesn't really matter. Whatever the U.S. does, no one else is going to follow suit, certainly not places like India or China. So uh, really, how much impact can the United States even have if they're going to be doing something that weakens us in many ways and doesn't actually fulfill any of the stated goals, any of the claimed goals uh, from those that are saying we're doing this for that reason or we're going electric for this reason, whatever it might be, it is interesting too. All right, one other last piece of audio I want to play, and then I'll take a break. Uh, this is Senator Kennedy asking FBI Director Christopher Wray why the FBI wouldn't have just confirmed Hunter Biden's laptop is real years ago. It's the most simplistic version of a question, and actually there's a caveat added in to make it even easier for the FBI director to say, okay, we should have done that. He doesn't go that road, uh, but saying that you don't even um, verify the information that's being spread uh, at that time from the New York Post or wherever is accurate. You say you can't verify it. You don't know if it's been tampered with or changed, but there really was a laptop uh, that was left at this location uh, by this person, and it is that laptop, it appears. And I thought the back and forth was pretty interesting, and the refusal to go the road you should have gone is very telling as to how the FBI has helped influence an election, even as uh, Director Ray says, it's the exact thing they were trying to prevent. Why didn't the FBI just say, hey, the, 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 the laptop's real? Why didn't you just tell everybody the laptop's real? We're not vouching for what's on it, but it's real. This isn't a, 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 a fiction. Well, I, I, as you might imagine, the FBI cannot, especially in a time like that, be talking about an ongoing investigation. Second, I would tell you that at least my understanding is that both the FBI folks involved in the conversations and the Twitter folks involved in the conversations both say that the FBI did not direct Twitter 
to uh, suppress. But others were story. in government. Well, I can't. Again, I can't speak to others <laughs> in government. Now, that's part of the point that I was trying to make. Because I can't. The Fifth Circuit's but opinion, you're the FBI. You're not part of the White House and part of Homeland Security. You're not, you're supposed, not supposed to, care. to be political. You see all this controversy going on. Why didn't the FBI say, time out, folks. We're not getting in the middle of this, but the laptop's real. Because we didn't want to. Again, we have to be very careful about what we can say, especially in the middle of uh, an election season, because that's precisely some of the problems that led to my predecessor's uh, uh, negative findings from the inspector general. Did you? Yeah, yeah, that was part of the reason that your predecessor uh, wound up in trouble. Uh, but I got to be honest, uh, not saying anything influenced the elect- election so much more than saying something that would have been a easily verifiable fact at the time. All right, quick break, a lot more. Craig Collins filling in. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. Tony Katz, The Morning News, 93 WIBC. My name is Craig Collins filling in. Matt and Jonathan hanging out as they do every single morning on this show. Taylor Swift, fifth most powerful woman in the world, according to Forbes. Not richest, fifth most powerful Uh, meaning that she wields almost as much power as people who are the head of the EU, uh, people who are the prime minister of Italy, uh, basically the same level as our vice president. Uh, What do we think of Taylor Swift, fifth most powerful woman in the world? I think in terms of her and Kamala Harris almost having as much power, I think Taylor Swift would be a better vice president (laughs) than Kamala Harris. Uh, I don't know about that. They might both be terrible. They might both be real, real bad. I know that I'm sick of, and everyone's sick of, the amount of Taylor Swift coverage uh, during football games. It's uh, gotten it seems, better, though. <laughs> it's, well, it's still there. It's still it talked about. They, they, And honestly, uh, talking about if Travis Kelsey is having a, a down year now because of Taylor Swift is an interesting conversation I'm seeing recently. Um, and also whether or not he's a golden retriever boyfriend, which is something I'm not going to get into. Uh, that was also being thrown around out there. Uh, but no, uh, Taylor Swift, fifth most powerful, only person in media to make the top 30. Uh, Oprah Winfrey is just outside of the top 30 still. Uh, but it's a whole bunch of business, uh, politics, finance people. Uh, she beat most of them uh, for the power she wields with the young people. She's also the only person in her 30s to be on the list in the top, I think, um, 40 or so people. So that's that's pretty interesting. Taylor Swift, a uh, power we don't understand. Uh, other things out there I saw that I thought was interesting, 37% of posts on social media uh, may be real, according to a recent survey, a recent uh, a thing where people outed themselves for Photoshop or lying about stuff. Uh, 37% maybe is the is the stat we got. Is that think do we think that's right or wrong? I think that's a little too high. A little too high. Maybe it's lower five, ten percent. I don't think anyone puts up real stuff unless they're going the road of, you know, stuff's not going well and I want all the support I can. Those are the only moments where people are honest I is think, when they're really complaining about something. I think Go ahead. those are honest. Those could be exaggerated though. Of course. I'm, I'm You're of, right. I'm of the camp the only accurate posts on Instagram are the ones where they're like, Today's my birthday. Those are the only. Those are the only. Those are the only honest right. ones. Happy birthday to you today. Um, actually, you know, I had a fake birthday on on Facebook for a while, so uh, oh, even that can be nice, a lie. Nice. Yeah, I know. It was awesome. Everybody would. I put it up like four times one year. I just kept. Anyway, I'm gonna move on. Uh, one other thing. The last thing, and this is uh, before we take a break. If you want your New Year's resolution to work, if you want to stick to it long term, they're saying you start it now. You don't start it in January. You start it ASAP and get it done for most of December 
and then it's going to stick. How do we feel about that? But why would I want to start losing weight and going to the gym now when I'm just going <laughs> to eat a whole bunch of stuff during Christmas? Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. I, you've, you've won this argument, Jonathan. <laughs> I love that. Um, I, I thought about doing this, do, trying a little harder, uh, you know, during this month, especially as you're going to consume more stuff. I've been going to the gym a little bit, but uh, I don't Hey-o. know. Yeah. <laughs> Watch out, Matt Bear. He's coming for you. You can have it. No. No, no, no. That felt real wrong. Uh, Matt Bear and I could arm wrestle, and I could use, like, a, a sword, and he, I just think I'd still lose. Uh, Matt, you got some traffic for us? No, you'd win with a sword, I'm pretty sure. Uh, <laughs> look at a westbound 70 you, right Yeah. I, I,